This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. There's only one. There's only one pod in the Motor City that's keeping you up to date on everything Detroit sports. This is The Daily Ticket with your host, Jeff Rieger. Hey everybody, what's going on? It's Jeff Rieger, another episode of the Daily Ticket for you. Early morning on a Thursday, it's episode four, but I did realize something. I'm going to be doing this Monday through Friday, five days a week. It would be insane to keep counting episodes, right? So I'm just going to call it the latest episode of the Daily Ticket. Does that work for everybody? Good, I'm glad. I'm once again here at Comerica Park, the beautiful dining room. The game tonight sure wasn't beautiful. Tigers lose again. They've lost three in a row to the Yankees. This has been a dreadful, awful, pathetic homestand. I'm going to leave it at that. That's all I really have to say about that. I also got some great sage advice from a YouTube comment. A commenter, if you will. I'll unveil that at the end of the podcast. When I'll read some comments, the good and the bad, and maybe a new little wrinkle as far as that's concerned. But I want to talk about what happened on Tuesday. Everybody okay with that? Because we are officially, and I want to congratulate all of us, we're officially one week away from the NFL home opener. Lions and Chiefs, Arrowhead, national TV, kickoff. Chiefs are going to get their Super Bowl rings. Lions are going to hope they can pull off the upset. And Tuesday was NFL Cut Day. And I don't like NFL Cut Day because it does nothing for me. Some radio hosts get really excited. Like, who got cut? Who can the Lions go get? I don't care about the Cut Day. And this might seem crass. But everybody that got cut or will get cut really isn't going to help your team all that much. The guys that are going to help your team that will have an impact, they're not going to get cut. We know them. So I don't really get into Cut Day. But something I did get into on Tuesday that came down after I recorded yesterday's podcast was the big news that the Kansas City Chiefs announced. They placed defensive lineman, he's a stud, he's otherworldly, Chris Jones, on the reserve did not report list. Jones is holding out, seeking a contract extension. He even threatened that he would stay away until week eight, which apparently is the magic date he asked the report to get credit for the last year of his contract and slated for free agency in 2024. Bottom line, Chris Jones is awesome. And he's holding out. And that is awesome for the Detroit Lions. Listen, I've never been a guy to say I want to beat a team without their best player. But when nobody expects you to win, like nobody expects the Lions to win, and when it means so much to this city and this fan base, if Chris Jones doesn't play, I'm all for it. It's wild, though, that this is happening. I thought this would get done. I thought the Chiefs would want this to get done. Chris Jones, sorry about my hand there, had 15 and a half sacks last season. 
That's monster insane greatness. He's a top three player on the Chiefs. It probably goes Mahomes, then Kelsey, then Jones. But it could go one, two, three. Mahomes is number one. Maybe you go Jones, then Kelsey. The bottom line is Chris Jones not playing definitely hurts the Chiefs. So 15 and a half sacks last season. To put that in the context, if you take that production off the Chiefs' total sack record last year, they would only have 39 and a half sacks. The Lions as a team had 39 sacks. Chris Jones had 15 and a half. He's that much of a beast, and he might not be playing. That's unbelievable. It's crazy. Chris Jones doesn't play. The Lions have a chance, wouldn't you think? But it's not just Chris Jones, people. He's 29 years old. He wants to make his money. Nobody can fault him for that. But apparently, there's massive D-line issues in Kansas City. Massive D-line issues. I was reading quotes from their D.C., Steve Spagnola. He admitted it. He said, we got to figure it out without Jones. There's no way Jones is going to play, guys. He hasn't practiced all preseason. And no matter how good he is, you expect him to just jump into action if him and the Chiefs come to a deal? It's not going to happen. He's not going to play. The Chiefs are going to be without their best defensive weapon. That's great news for the Lions. But Steve Spagnuolo was saying they got to figure out a plan without Jones. Even more proof, there's going to be no Jones. He went on to say something truly interesting. Let me read you this quote. Steve Spagnola said, Sometimes it takes the first quarter of the season to figure out who you are and what you have. Well, it just so happens that the Lions play the Chiefs in the first quarter of the season. In fact, they play them in the first game of the season. It's fantastic news for the Lions. But it's not just Chris Jones, guys. The whole D-line is in shambles. I've been reading the beat writers for Kansas City. I've been watching the TV guys for Kansas City, listening to the great radio guys in Kansas City. I've even looked at the bloggers for the Kansas City Chiefs. They got all kinds of D-line issues. Charles Omenihu suspended six games. They signed them in free agency. He won't be there. The Chiefs are essentially left with first-round draft pick George Korloftis, who was a second-year first-round pick last year, and a rookie first-round pick, Felix on Udike Uzuma. Hope I pronounced that right. So you're looking at two unproven guys on the D-line. And then it gets better because the Chiefs were forced to do something you never thought they would do. They traded within the division. They called up the Raiders and said, hey, dude, we need some D-line help. We'll dangle a six-round pick your way if you give us Neil Farrell. Who? No idea. He was a bubble guy to make the Raiders in the first place. Doesn't that reek of desperation? If you were somebody that thought that the Lions were going to get blown out by the Chiefs, maybe you want to think again, is the absence of Chris Jones plus a D-line in shambles enough for you to believe that maybe the Lions can go out and do the unthinkable, beat the Chiefs after they get their rings at Arrowhead? I feel a lot more confident, but I know what you're thinking. It's Patrick Mahomes. It's Patrick Mahomes. Travis Kelsey. Nobody's going to stop them. The Lions defense isn't going to stop them. And you might be right. Last year, Patrick Mahomes won a Super Bowl without Tyreek Hill. A lot of people didn't think he could do it. 
Tyreek Hill is one of the best receivers in football. He went to Miami. And Mahomes took it upon himself to win the big one. So you say to yourself, big deal. Mahomes can overcome. He's that good. And maybe you're right. But they got some offensive issues, too, in Kansas City. Last year, Mahomes was throwing the Juju Smith-Schuster and Marquez Valdez-Scantling. Now Juju's gone. His replacement is Kadarius Toney, who's hurt. He's day-to-day. He's got a knee. He might not play a week from today. And Valdez-Scantling, he only had two touchdowns last season. So Mahomes is going to have to do it again. He's going to have to reinvent an offense with different players for a third straight year. But he has Travis Kelsey. And if you're looking at Mahomes and Travis Kelsey, you probably say those two guys by themselves will beat the Detroit Lions. And I couldn't argue with that. I can't argue with that at all. And then you also realize another fact that I don't want to give to you. Because this whole episode is about can the Lions beat the Chiefs? Can they do the unthinkable? Can they pull the upset? Well, I have a crazy stat that I don't like. That spits in the face of the Lions trying to pull the upset. There's a lot of thought out there that since the Chiefs are celebrating a Super Bowl, that maybe the focus won't be on the game and maybe it's going to be on the ring ceremony. Well, the Chiefs have done this before. They won it all in 19, had the ring ceremony in the first game of the season in 20 and still won that game. In fact, if you look at Andy Reid, when he's coaching the Chiefs, I don't want to give you the stat because it's going to shatter your confidence. Andy Reid is 9-1. and 9-1 and at the first game of the season when coaching the Kansas City Chiefs. Doesn't sound too promising, Chris Jones, or not, right? But let's get back to positivity, shall we? Other reasons the Lions could pull off the upset. I think one of the reasons, and you might not buy this, the NFL believes in you. The NFL finally believes in the Detroit Lions. The historically bad, always kicked, tormented, disturbing Detroit Lions. The NFL isn't just going to hand you their gem of a game, the opener, with the whole world watching if they don't think you can compete. So if Roger Goodell, Raj, and the NFL thinks you can compete, maybe I agree with them. That could be a reason in itself. I got another reason. Look at last year. Jared Goff is historically bad under pressure. Very bad under pressure. Teams know this. It's no surprise. Last season, over 30% of teams, of plays, were blitzes. Lions were thinking, we just got to get the golf. We're going to make him make bad decisions. He's going to turn over the football like he has a tendency to do. And we're going to win the football games. Everybody was blitzing golf. Strange thing happened. Ben Johnson was prepared for it. Goff had a lot of guys that picked up blocks. Goff had a bunch of guys around him that he could get the ball off to quickly and wreak havoc on other defenses. The blitz doesn't seem to hurt Jared Goff anymore. Now, can David Montgomery block as well as Jamal Williams? I would say so, but I guess we're going to find out. But that was the one fatal flaw, I think, of Jared Goff. You bring the blitz, you get pressure, you're in his face, he's going to make a game-altering mistake, and the Lions are done, or his team is done, even the Rams, right? 
last year, Ben Johnson accounted for the blitz. Teams eventually stopped blitzing because they realized it wasn't working. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Did you realize that in the first part of this podcast, I mentioned how bad the Chiefs D-line was going to be? There's no Chris Jones and they're in shambles. So even if they want to bring the blitz, I'm not quite sure it's going to work. I would like to think a good old line that the Lions have. They were a top five, six offense in the game last year. Two good running backs, a decent receiving core. Amon Ross St. Brown's a stud. I like to think that Jared Goff and the Lions offense will do a real nice job of making this a competitive game. You're not going to stop Patrick Mahomes all the time, duh. But if your offense can keep up with their offense, then you know what? You got a shot. And there's no reason that this Lions offense should be as good, if not better, than last year. And last year, they were really good. Top five or six in the league. But I got something else. I got another positive, if you will. Lions defense stunk last year. That's not the positive part. But then they fired Aubrey Pleasants. Next thing you know, the Lions played a whole lot better with really no personnel changes. They stopped the run, did a nice job in every game down the stretch, with the exception of Carolina, which ended up being the demise of Detroit. They ran all over Detroit, but every other game stopped the run, did a real nice job against the pass. And then something in the offseason makes you think this D is going to even be better. They went out, they added Cam Sutton, C.J. Gardner-Johnson, Emmanuel Mosley. They got Tracy Walker back from injury, Jack Campbell, Brian Branch in the draft. I'm not saying they're going to shut down Patrick Mahomes, but what I am saying is, can you stop a really good offense two to three to four times? Can you hold them to field goals instead of touchdowns? Could the lack of film on the Lions' defense maybe cause a problem for Andy Reid, who's an offensive genius? I don't know if I want to go that far, but this defense should be better. A heck of a lot better. And if we see the defense that we saw in the last 10 games of the season instead of the first seven games of the season last year, I think you got a shot as long as the offense keeps moving the football. Now, there is one matchup that scares me. I think you're going to see a lot of Travis Kelsey against Jack Campbell. And I think Jack Campbell can be good, and he was impressive during the preseason. But Travis Kelsey is all world. Jack Campbell's a rookie. So, yes, kind of scares me. But I have other positives. Other positives why the Lions maybe can pull the upset. Do you believe in the hunger factor? The Lions have it. Chiefs are celebrating a Super Bowl. Chiefs might overlook the Lions, potentially, although Andy Reid doesn't do that too much. The Lions have nothing to lose. Nobody's expecting them to win. They're going to go out there with their hair on fire, first game of the season, ton of passion. You never know what's going to happen in the first game where guys are playing 60 minutes, not just a play here, a drive there, a quarter here. 
Lions starters finally get a chance to go out and ball out. And maybe on a given Thursday in Arrowhead in one week from now, they just happen to be better than the Chiefs. Not saying it's going to happen. But the hunger factors with the Lions. Is that fair? So there you go. Tell me. I tried to lay it out there the best way possible. I wasn't going to do this podcast. But then I heard the news about Jones and I said to myself, we got to talk about the potential of a Lions upset. And also, let's not lie to ourselves. This is more than just another game. It's a huge game. If the Lions win this game, there's going to be parades down Woodward. If the Lions win this game, it will validate months and months of hype and optimism. If the Lions win this game, the fan base is going to go bonkers. Now, is there more than just one game in a football season? Of course there is. But this is a big one. Do you believe the Lions can pull it off? Comment section. Tell me. What do the Lions have to do to pull it off? Can the Lions pull it off? Or is this episode of The Daily Ticket one big waste of time? Let me know. Please. I'm eager to find out what you think. Fair? Good. Did I lay it out there well enough? I don't know. When push comes to shove, I want to believe. I do. I want to believe that they can go out there and win the game. I do think it's going to be close. I do think the Lions are going to cover the six and a half. That was the last spread that I saw a couple weeks ago. But I do kind of think when push comes to shove, it's real hard to force myself to bet against Patrick Mahomes coming off a Super Bowl, and Andy Reid and his dominance in the first game of the season. So I probably still have to go with the Chiefs, but I did my best. What do you think? Comment section. Let me know. Speaking of comments, I got a great comment. I'm going to read this comment to you. It's from Frogbark6437. He gave me some great advice. I'm still new to this podcasting thing. It's my first week. He said the following. I think it would be cooler if you just responded to a few comments rather than reading them to us. I mean, this isn't ticket text. We can all read the comments, not just you. Interact with your audience in the comments. Some really great advice. I didn't think about that. I just got myself a YouTube account. I will now interact with everybody, or at least as many people as I can, on the comments. You are nice enough to leave a comment. I will react. Either I'll read it on the podcast or... I'll make sure to write back to you, which leads us to the comment of the day. First, a good comment. I always read a bad and a good. We'll start with the positive. I like feeling good about myself before my ego is shattered with the bad one. And by the way, you guys have not let me down. Tons of comments. I do appreciate it. Rate and review the podcast, the daily ticket, or also get it wherever you get your podcast. But the first good comment, it's from Frank Rivers, 2183. He says, love Jeff Rieger. One of the ticket's most underrated gems. I'll take that. And I looked. Frank Rivers, 2183. Not my family member. Somebody not related to me that actually likes me. I like it. I also got another positive comment. Little constructive criticism. This one comes from Jeffrey Nemeth. 64262. He says, Rieger, stop with the self-deprecating crap. Stop it. This podcast will be a success because of you. Stop acting like you're going to fail. Stop it. Thank you. I appreciate that, Jeff. Not necessarily positive or negative, but that's a guy that maybe cares about me a little bit. Feels good. 
making new friends already. And then the negative statement. This one comes from email. It says the following. Rieger, give up the podcasting thing. It's bad enough having to listen to your voice, but having to watch your face deliver it? I mean, what did we do to deserve that? Stop now. Then he goes on to say he's having some nightmares. So I do appreciate all the comments. Please rate and review the daily ticket and also answer the question. What do the Lions have to do to beat the Chiefs one week from today? Football's back, baby. What do they have to do to beat the Chiefs? And the absence of Chris Jones, is that enough, do you think? Or will the Lions fall victim to Mahomes and Kelsey and Reed? I want to know. Anyway, it's been a pleasure. Almost through the week. I have another one for you tomorrow, bright and early. Guys, I appreciate the comments. Rate and review the podcast. It's been fun. And maybe the Tigers can actually win another game one day. Maybe I'm bringing them bad luck because I keep being here. I don't know. That's for a different podcast, a different day. The Javier Baez podcast is coming one of these days. We got to talk about that, dude. I mean, that guy. Ugh. Well, you know, you watch. All right, we'll catch you tomorrow. Daily ticket. Thanks. See everybody.